So Paul's explaining that it's not the children of the flesh that are the children of God, but the children of the promise. And he's pointing this out not because he's not concerned about real physical Israel. He's going about explaining this so that we understand how God goes about saving the world, saving Israel. God is not simply interested in creating a a nation of people who belong to the same race. Rather, he's creating a nation of people who have faith in him. Now, that's rather minimal, one might say. It's rather uh, uh, small in uh, the large picture of things, people believing But no, it isn't. It's the biggest thing in the world, because as I've pointed out several times now, faith was the first thing we lost when Adam fell. Trust in God is not natural anymore, not only because we are full of doubt and we are full of guilt and shame, and therefore we can't believe that God could possibly love us or take care of us, but also because we don't see all the evidence around us. We see it sometimes, yes, but we see nature in tooth and claw, and we see uh, wars and strife and murders and selfishness and self-aggrandizement, and we just cannot see God in these things. But then Paul says this, For this is the word of the promise, At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. Now you remember what the promise was, as I pointed out the other day. It's the promise that Abraham would have a child. God gave that promise to Abraham when he was seventy-five. But the promise was not fulfilled until Abraham was a hundred. A whole quarter century before the promise was fulfilled. Now, God's timing is not our timing. And so we have to look at this and say to ourselves, have I been on my schedule or am I on God's schedule? Now, my schedule is, I want it now, or this is a crisis in front of me. It must be done now. But God has a vision of the future, a largeness of uh, sight and foresight, and prescience that we do not have. And he knows the right time, the right place, the right occasion to fulfill his promise to us. And so faith involves that trust that his schedule is the right one, and he will do things on time, not necessarily on my time. But you see, God came to Sarah... Uh, This is the word of the promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. God came to Abraham and Sarah one year before the promise and said, This is it. Next year at this time you will have a son. And Paul then says, And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good, any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the, young, the older shall serve the younger. Now, what's all this about then? Well, first of all, 
when God says, when Paul recalls that God came to Abraham and said, at this time next year you shall have a son, that indicated that it was a miracle birth. God had to visit Sarah and create life in her, create the male sperm in her to create that child. And so Isaac was a miracle child. He was the child of a promise. And we have faith in the same God who made that promise. So we are the children of the promise. We believe that God gives us a miracle of faith life, even though our faith so often totters. But we believe that God has given us a miracle of faith which would not have occurred from our or, or arrived come to the fruition from our own mind. It was a gift from God. When you believe in God, you can say, Father, thank you for helping me to believe. Thank you for enabling me to believe. I believe in you, though there is no evidence for it. I believe it, and I thank you that that gift is from you. So then he says also that Rebecca, she conceived, and uh, she had twins. And yet God said to her, The younger shall serve the older one. In other words, the younger one will be the firstborn. And what was the purpose of that? So that God's election might uh, be might stand. Now look, this is the first time we're introduced here in the book of Romans to election. Well, not the first time. It comes in uh, in chapter 8 as well. But here it's uh, dealt with in a more major way. What does this mean? People are elected. Does it mean that God elects some and rejects others? Does it mean that he predestines some to life and some to hell? That's what many people think that think is being said here in the book of Romans chapter 9, but that is far, far from the truth. What you will discover as you read these chapters is that God elects certain people at certain times, then elects the, the, he elects the others later on, until he has elected all. The truth is that election is all about God's plan to rescue this world before ever the creation came into being. God, who is prescient, who is present in the future as well as the past and as well as the present, saw the fall of humanity and determined in his love and sovereignty and grace and kindness to rescue every man, woman, and child. That's what election is all about, and that's what you will see it as, as it is unveiled here in the 9-11 cha- passage. That's what I call Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, the 9-11 passage. So why, though, did God choose the younger than, uh, and not the older to be the firstborn? Well, I can't exactly say. But I do know this, that God elects people when they have come to an end of themselves. God elects people first by bringing each one to an end of himself, to an end of his resources. 
You remember that that's what happened to Abraham. I told you yesterday, he had everything in life. He, he had wealth, he had uh, authority, he had uh, social respect, he had uh, enormous abilities to govern and manage, and yet he did not have the one thing that he needed, and he could not produce it, and that was a child. And therefore, you see, God comes to this man who has everything, as I said the other day, the Bill Gates of the East, the ancient East, and yet, and brings to him the very thing that he cannot produce himself. Now, when God brings you down, or rather allows you to go down, and uh, brings you to your knees, that's the best place you need, you need to be, where God is the absolutely necessary force in your life. Oh, God, I am helpless. I have nothing. I don't know how to steer my life. I am adrift, astray, in the dark, locked in. And God, I thank you that you have allowed me to come to this place. And you say that by faith. You certainly don't say it by feeling, do you? Who feels happy about bringing, coming to that place? But Father, I thank you that you have allowed me to come to this place because this is the time that I call upon you in earnestness. And so, you see, that's partially what happened to the firstborn, the secondborn, who was to be firstborn, that is, Jacob. You remember? Jacob and Esau. You see, Jacob was brought to an end of himself when he had to flee from his brother because he stole his birthright, and over a twenty-year period he stressed and worried and felt guilty and ashamed over what he did to his brother. And so, when it came time for him to return home, you remember he had fled to Laban's house, his uncle Laban, because his brother Esau had murderous thoughts in his heart towards Jacob. When it came time to return, Jacob had a slight twingle, a tinge of joy because he would be looking forward to seeing his mom and dad, but he was also in terror at the thought of meeting his brother, because his brother, you remember, had said that he was coming with 400 men to meet him, and he thought, Jacob being paranoid at the time, that that meant that Esau was coming to kill him. And so Jacob was desperate, you see. Desperation is the precursor to faith. It is the way we find faith. We don't find it. God gives it. But he gives it only to desperate souls. He gives it to souls who have been prepared by coming to the end of themselves. And so if you find yourself at a dead end, at a cul-de-sac, if you find yourself in a place that simply seems impossible, you are exactly where God wants you because he is about to birth faith in your life. This is what God is doing by election, do you see? He doesn't go around saying, okay, there's the, uh, the, um, um, the Arabs and there are the, uh, uh, the Jews and, and over there are the Asians and the Chinese. I'll save all them. And No, he's going about individually working to produce faith in the life of every one of us. 
And why is this so important to him and to us? Because he says that the purpose of, this is verse 11 of chapter 9, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him who calls. In other words, election is all about God's grace, God's kindness, not to a few, but ultimately to all, as opposed to our works. Election is God coming down to us, bending down to us uh, and giving us mercy. Works is our attempt to climb up to God by religious rituals, by works, by um, whatever we think may give us credit and points before God, and it is all rubbish and nonsense. Man is so broken that he cannot possibly rise up to God. Salvation is all about God coming down to man, as he did in Jesus Christ. And so, What's the message for you today? Give thanks to God for the plight you are in. Vow before him that you will thank him for all circumstances, no matter how dire, and watch God open the sea and divide the sea and waves for you. Thank you for listening today. This is Colin Cook, whom you've been listening to, and you've been listening to How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel. I need your help. Quite seriously, I do, uh, because this program relies upon you, the listener, to keep it going. It's been going for 25 years now, but not because we have loads of cash, but because we rely on listeners who hear the word, who have faith, who find their faith strengthened, and therefore want to donate. So please do so if you would. You can donate one time or monthly or occasionally, whichever. Please send your donations either to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160, or online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks for all your support then, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.